I firmly believe you never should spend your time being the former anything. Condoleezza Rice. You're listening to the Real Estate Investor Show, episode number 19th. Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. We're excited to have Cassie DeHaas from Titanium Investments on our show today. Cassie and her partner started out as general contractors and quickly moved into various areas of investing, such as wholesaling, flipping, buy and holds, and even Airbnbs. Along with her partner, she has flipped more than 100 properties and currently owns over 90 rental units. On today's show, we discuss the importance of purchasing correctly, the number one tip when working with wholesalers, and how to invest successfully outside your local market. Welcome back, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Hello, Cassie. Hi. How are you ladies doing? We're doing great. We're doing great. We actually just saw each other. So Andressa's probably tired of me today. But, <laughs> but uh, as, we, as we jump in today's episode, you know, one of the things that Andressa and I were doing today was, you know, we were really working on our business or working on the podcast and all the things we're up to with, with the investor community. And, and, we, and we met together in person. We don't always do that. And, you know, just remind me today, and I'm sure, you know, some days it's harder to do than others, but to work on our business, right? And to take that time. And if you have a partner, you have a team and you're not always together, put it in your calendar, whether it's quarterly, whether it's monthly. And Andres and I left today saying, we got to do this quarterly. You know, we can't, yeah. we got to be proactive in doing that. So that's on our calendars. And, you know, and what we're going to do is just no one, you know, no one ever talks about how important that relationship is and that building of that relationship. So if you're listening to this, ladies, if you have a partner, you have a team, you know, get those kind of working on, you know, the relationship and the business on your calendars. Uh, don't just wait for that stuff to happen. It won't, you know, it's just like going to the gym. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you gotta put it in your calendar or just no one's, no, no one's going to force you to do that. So I was just reminded of that. And uh, today, and I was just really reminded of that, how important that is. So yeah, that's so true. And I think that for me, I'm all about how can we be very efficient doing whatever we're doing. We could we could have done through Zoom or a Skype call, but we decided to do in person. And there's something different when you are in person. You exchange energy, you start brainstorming things, and the result is just something that you cannot predict because the creativity is in the air. And I think that is every time that we meet in person, uh, we produce much more and we set goals and we create and we, as you were saying, we work on the business, not in it. And that fulfills my soul <laughs> when we do that because we're thinking about the bigger picture. So it's always good seeing you though. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is. And it's remind, remind, remind you of that important, important thing about working on it, not in it. So yeah. Without further ado, Cassie, it is absolutely a pleasure to have you on our podcast uh, today. So thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm really happy to be here today. 
Yeah, we're going to get into uh, your story. Um, Cassie is from uh, Dallas, and I know you're, you're in multiple markets. We're going to get into that's one of my, uh, yeah, I always write down like, I got to ask these questions of the, our, our guests because I'm curious. So we'll, we'll get into all that. But, you know, as we like to start with our, with our, with our guests, and uh, especially for the ladies listening to this, we'd love to hear women's stories, you know, and, and what, what, was your, what was your kind of compelling why? as to jumping into real estate investing. So if you can share that with us, you know, and, and share with the listeners, you know, for you, what, what pulled you into this uh, real estate investing uh, business? Okay. So um, it kind of happened, happened really organically. Um, I wouldn't say like I, I got here because of my why, but more my, my why um, came into bloom through, mm. through business. Um, you know, I've kind of always been uh, the, I mean, you know, I am who I am. I, I was made this way situation. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty versatile person. Um, I pretty much have a drive that I have to be, if I'm going to put my mind to something, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. I'm going to succeed one, you know, one way or another, you know, even whenever I fail, I make sure that I have a huge takeaway from that failure. Um, and I use it to, to, you know, create a situation that, you know, myself, my team, my, my family, my friends, some, somebody's going to be better for it, or I'm going to help somebody else avoid that same problem, that same mistake that I made. Um, so really what pulled me into real estate um, was, you know, I, I graduated from from college and I was thinking about going back to school and um, you know, I just one day decided, you know, I talked to my business partner, RJ, and I said, you know, we should, we should start our own business. And he's like looking at me and I'm like, I've always wanted to start my own business, but I had never, I'd never even thought about, you know, what I was going to do, how I was going to do it, yada, yada, yada. And so um, it was always really intimidating to me because in my mind, you know, I was really young and, you know, in your early twenties, you're thinking, you know, I'm just pulled in so many different directions. Like, what do I want to do? You know, and I was kind of raised in the school of thought, like I had to go to college and I had to get, you know, that typical, um, mindset. And, um, you know, I just said to him one day, I said, we should, we should start our own business. Let's just figure out what we're going to do. And he, his parents were entrepreneurs. They own their own office furniture business. And, you know, so he was all about that. He's been talking about owning his own business since he was very young. And, um, you know, at the time we, we had a bunch of business ideas and uh, we got pulled into real estate um, just by basically working in contracting to try to condense the story down a little bit. We, uh, we were consulting with general contractors because of his best friend's company. And uh, we started our own contracting company to condense that story down. Um, but, uh, you know, we, when we were contractors, you know, I had, I've always had a huge passion for design. I'm an artist and, um, I've, I've been obsessed with it since I was a young kid. My, uh, my stepdad, he, um, on the side helped, helped build houses with his cousin, who's a builder growing up. And he would take me by these houses and he would, I've always been obsessed with it. Like he would show me the work that he's done. And I would, you know, as a little kid, I was in awe, you know, I've just always had this, you know, love for this sort of thing. It's just kind of ingrained in me through, you know, my family and being in awe of him. And he's somebody that I really look up to. Um, And so, 
I just, you know, we, we really expanded our um, contracting business based on my love for design. You know, I started, we started doing these really amazing projects. We got in with a bunch of investors and we were like, hold up. We have such a huge passion for business. Like, what are we doing? You know, just doing this, like the sky is the limit for us. And, you know, we're both made that way. We're both made exactly that way. Like there's nothing that can stop us, but us and let's do this. Let's figure this out, you know, and it's just, it's always pulled. I have like such a, a passion for real estate for so many reasons. Like it just meets every criteria. You know, we wear so many hats in our business that sometimes like I forget that that's <laughs> what I'm addicted to about it. You know, I love it because it, it hits all the sides of my versatility and, and my passion and, and stuff like that. And it, it opens so many doors to so many other things that I'm passionate about that are not real estate related. I'm able to integrate them, you know, into my business and in my, you know, for my team and, and everything like that. Like I'm a, I'm a huge, um, you know, I have a huge heart for people. Like I'm like a humanitarian kind of person. Like I have this huge empathetic heart and I just, you know, I want to do so many good things for so many people. And, you know, I, I feel like that's how, that's my true calling in, in life, you know, no matter how passionate I am about business or real estate or art, or I love to read or whatever I love. I love the arts, you know, you know, it's what can I do through the things that I love with my time on this earth. And so, that's, I mean, I love that about real estate. You know, it's, it's just, I love business. I love every aspect of it. So that's, that's kind of what, what has brought us here. If that, that, yeah. that makes sense. Yes, it does. I love your perception about the integration because sometimes people think about real estate just like houses and, and that's much more, it's totally much more than that. It I think so it's a, <laughs> it's a much broader, uh, business and has to do with it's attached to to houses but it's it's much bigger than that uh you just mentioned about the lessons that you learned through throughout your 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 deals uh walk through the first deal that you guys did what what was the the lesson that the, the first ones are always the best story no i'm just kidding it, actually it was it's not about a story um so we had we were very lucky because we we're um general contractors and rj uh, his personality is not for the tedious tasks um of life he is like i mean he will he'll power through them when they're necessary but he did not enjoy the tedious aspects of of contracting and so you know i did handle a good deal of that of that business um and you know so we had we were very fortunate to um have that experience for us so our first our first deal was not bad now what i will tell you is Looking back, you know, everybody can tell you a hundred, hundred thousand times, but until you experience it, um, it's all about, you know, purchasing correctly and yeah. we did not purchase that house correctly, but we were able mm -hmm. to cover our behinds essentially just because we were GCs and we, anybody else that didn't have that experience would have lost money, you know? Um, but it was a, it was a fairly simple, you know, we did play kind of safe. We, you know, we, we bought in one of the um lower price points so uh, i think we bought it for oh, like gosh it's been so long 
and I'm terrible about remembering these numbers. I think we bought it for like 65. We put 25 into it and we sold it for 110. So, I mean, but you know, when, you know, once we had uh, the costs and everything lined out, um, uh, you know, we, we actually purchased it from a big box wholesaler, which we didn't even really know what that was at the time. <laughs> um, man, now, you know, with the, everything that I have under my belt, I look back and I'm like, whoa, doggy. I mean, I wish we, we wish we, oh, that was so Texas of me, y'all. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And yeah, um, I, I really wish, you know, I, you know, it gives me the the motivation for for somebody getting started to be like able to say, here's here's what we went through. Here's why I wouldn't do this. You know, we because a lot of people wouldn't have pulled that deal out of the hat. You know, like they would have been like, ooh, you know. And and so many people will try to get into this. You know, if the first couple deals because they don't have this component, this component, or this component lined out. You know, they're not gonna have room for a lot of error. You yeah. Know? we were, we, I mean, we, it wasn't the best purchase, you know, it was not the best, uh, a deal in the world, but we were still able to, you know, profit off of it. And, you know, a lot of people don't do that when they have very little, uh, knowledge or they're buying from a wholesaler that has a, the wrong ARV, the wrong rehab budget, you know, cause really yeah, yeah. wholesalers have the wrong ARV. <laughs> yeah. And we wholesale, so I'm not talking, I'm not saying <laughs> for wholesalers, but um, you know, like it, you have to, just like everything else, you know, you have to be working with the right people that yes. are, you know, anything else in business, you know, and you've got to trust, but verify that, you know, hundred so. percent. Yeah. We work with wholesalers here and, um, I mean, we, if they come to me with a different rehab, uh, price, well, let's, let's talk about it. But yeah. it's my it's my responsibility to uh, do my due diligence. It's absolutely. not their fault if I don't make a profit. It's yeah, it's all on me. My my success is on me. My failure is on me too. Yeah, so that, that's how we run. Yeah, that's you know that I tell people that all the time. You know, even like like we wholesale them like when and I tell people, hey, I'm not gonna put something in front of you with numbers that I wouldn't buy it at. You know. I'm not going to do that. And if I do, it's because there was an error somewhere in there. Everybody's fallible, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and we will address it. You know, I, it, it, for me, it's all about being realistic. If we're wholesaling a property, um, it's because, you know, maybe we're too, we're spread too thin and we just, you know, we, we just push it down the, to the wholesale team. But, um, I mean, it's not going to come across your desk with numbers that I wouldn't buy it at. And, mm. you know, if we miss something like, you know, electrical panel well I you know I understand that <laughs> you know, like yeah. I mean like like that, that's realistic you know like yeah that's going to make your your rehab number different than mine but all in all like I, you know I think I get the most problems with you know people and no matter who it is I tell people trust but verify even if you're buying from me as a wholesaler you know that's like right. you know what your numbers are with your contractors with your suppliers vendors etc cetera, etc cetera. yes your holding costs I don't know what your holding costs are so I need you to make sure the numbers are actually going to work for you because everybody, I mean, even people, if you take in, into consideration uh, pace, the pace at which they can get a do job done, that can make a, a, a profit difference. You know, it isn't, it isn't on your wholesaler and that's the best advice you can give to anybody. And, you know, I say that to just about anybody that I'm going to wholesale a deal to like this. These are numbers that work for me. Now you should never, you should never run into anything that makes it so 
unaffordable that you can't do it even if you're taking out a hard money loan, you know, but uh, at the same time, you know, mistakes do happen. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. See, I love what you said about purchasing correctly. I'd love to, I'd love to dive into that a little bit more. I think one of the biggest areas that all investors, you know, not, I don't want to say struggle, but they, they, they need to continually sharpen that skill is purchasing correctly. And, and I think the biggest, you know, uh, thing that people don't realize is that you make your money when you buy, not when you yep. sell, right? Uh-huh. So, you know, we, we, we're all in this, been this game for a while. We kind of know that, but a lot of, not, a lot of new investors or less experienced investors may not always get that. So, especially in this market, right? It's a very, very hot market. Things are ex- more money than, than, you know, than, than maybe they were a few years ago even. So for you, and you're also in multiple markets, which definitely is an yes. area we want to explore. What does that look like in terms of getting specific around purchasing correctly? So what does that mean? You know, what does that really look like? Um, you know, so uh, we break our numbers down just like everybody else. Um, you know, there's no secret to it. Uh, but I think it's, you know, I, one of the biggest problems that uh, people make is they just, you know, they want to put a blanket and they over it. They want to put blanket numbers on it. Yeah, we run the numbers the same way. But, you know, we also have our, our experience. Um, we also know how important a good contractor is with genuine numbers that aren't going to rack you up with change orders, that aren't going to, you know, take, you know, three times as long to finish the job. Yeah, you know, there's all these factors. So when I say purchasing correctly, um, it's about, yeah, you run the numbers. Okay, everybody can sit there and say, well, I can buy this house in this market at 70% of the ARV. And then da 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 everybody knows that, or I can buy this as a rental 80% of the ARV. Well, that doesn't, that doesn't cover every property. Every property is unique. Every rehab is going to be unique. Um, you know, a lot of people will sit there and, and turn down deals that you have to deviate from that because they just want to do volume, 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 volume. And that's fine. That's what works for them. We don't do um, the same deal every time, you know, we aren't going to turn down a deal because it's a little bit different. We're very confident in, you know, our ability to assess, you know, across the board, what our numbers are going to be. Um, so what it looks like for me in purchasing correctly is you're, you're putting together, you're painting a picture, you're building a bridge start to finish of what this property is going to cost you. You're including, you know, so many people will say, Oh, I'm going to buy 70% of the ARV minus repairs. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a good starting point for how, how, how much you're going to dig into this property, you know, um, or if you're, you know, you're working with a seller and they're saying, well, I really want, you know, I really want, you know, $10,000 more for this house. And I just don't know that I'm willing to, you know, don't budge. Your numbers are your numbers. You can make the house work at this for this. You know, you, you have to be considerate of anything like a contingency and, you know, if you're doing certain certain parts of a rehab, if you're knocking down a wall, if you're, you know, whatever it might be. Um, down here in Texas, a lot of people, um, you know, we have foundation issues. We have to make foundation repairs. You know, it's like um, purchase correctly by knowing how much that foundation. Work. Get get a foundation person out there. You know, it's not that hard. You know, you can. <laughs> there's you know 150 of them within a square mile. You know, or maybe I'm exaggerating, but you know. It's about, you know, not just rushing into, um, rushing into pleasing a seller just so you can have a deal. 
And it's having the patience and, and knowing where you're going to stand and what it's going to cost you to fund it, you know, what it's going to cost you to, to make the project happen. You know, you've got to put your holding costs or closing costs, you know, consider yeah. your utilities, consider, you know, so that, that's what I mean in, in purchasing correctly. Cause that number that you buy it at means everything in the end, you know, um, so, so you, I mean, you, you, if you don't purchase it at the right price or if you, you know, pay that $10,000 extra, going back to my example, you're, you're in a bad spot if, you know, your rehab ends up being $10,000 more because your foundation costs more than you anticipated that it would, yep. you know? Yeah, and you're always, and you're always balancing, you know, you're bringing up some great points. Like you're always balancing, I'm thinking about the rehabs that we're doing right now. You're always balancing time. You're always balancing costs. And, and you're, and you're, you have to be mindful of underestimating, you know, so as, as, you know, and especially experienced investors who are moving into larger multifamily. I mean, you've done so many different things. Um, when you get into something new, that's, you can use the previous skills and that's great, but it's also important to, like you're mentioning, um, if it's something different or new, you're going to underestimate at times. So be mindful of that and just put a contingency factor in there, you know? Yes, absolutely. Or at least run it by, you know, somebody in your network. And that's a beautiful thing that, that I love about, about real estate is, you know, I, you know, getting into multifamily and going back to that example for you, it's that I have some, you know, I say I, we, we have incredible connections um, through our network, through doing things like the podcast or, you know, being that we're in different markets nationwide. We have, mm-hmm. we have some killer people, you know, that we've, we've become, you know, very attached to, um, you know, as, a, as business colleagues or, you know, I, we consider them friends. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they, it's amazing because, you know, when you give, they, you know, other people give back to you. And so anytime we experience something that we haven't experienced before, and, and this has been the, stood the test of time in, in our business, you know, having those good relationships is crucial because somebody may have done this, you know, a hundred times already. This may be the first time you've faced it, but hey, I'm going to run it by them because I know they've run into this, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, having a contingency and having, you know, having somebody to bounce it off of, like bounce, I'm going to bounce this off of them. And which goes back to, you know, kind of what you were saying earlier about uh, getting to meet in person um, as your, as your partnership, um, actually being in person, you know, I see RJ, you know, at least five days a week. And there's so many times where I do that too. I'm, I'm like, Hey, we need to go away from everybody else in the office and we need to have one-on-one, you know, conversation. We need to, you know, just bust through this um, just because bouncing things off of each other, you know, it just, it makes such a huge difference. It does give you like that brainstorming session where, you know, the creativity or like, you know, we think differently, even though we're a lot alike. Um <clears throat> everybody has their differences and you're partners with that person for a reason, you know, and, and getting to um, just take the time out, like is is very vital, um, you know, for not just the relationship, but for the business period, you know? Yeah. I think that you're making such a great point about the, 
reaching out and leaning in to other people. A lot of the ladies that are listening to us, sometimes you just try to figure out on your own. Oh, yeah. and then, Especially us ladies. <laughs> right? Well, let me show you. I can't, I can't figure this out. Yep. And then you come to the, the conclusion and then you, you get to the game and you, you start realizing that Nobody does that. That's not how the game is played. <laughs> you can use so much. And that's so funny that you say that because I, you know, I, I played sports and I always, you know, my dad, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm his only daughter. I'm, a, I'm his only child and I'm a daughter. And he, he, you know, he wanted to be like, you know, raise me to be independent. He wanted to raise me to be able to take care of things and not have to rely on anybody. If, you know, if I was stuck in a situation, I'm going to know how to change a tire. I'm going to know how to, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And um, so I did, you know, when I was young and we were first going into business and um, not that I'm not still young. <laughs> when we were first in business, you know, I had a younger mentality. Like I was like, I'm going to Rosie the Riveter my way through everything. You know, you're right. We do, we do tend to be like, oh no, I'm going to, I'm going to prove everything to the world, you know? And like, I, it's so funny to me because looking back on that now, I sit here and I'm like, I, you know, it's one of the things that we do in our business that is so, it's just been a beautiful expansion. It's, it's allowed us to scale so many different areas of our business up in that we are like, I love the fact that I don't have to do everything myself. I don't have to power through. Like I can rely on other people. Like I can, I've always been a question asker. I'm always, mm -hmm. person, there's no, I have no fear about asking a question, even if I'm going to sound like, you know, ignorant. I don't, I don't mind. Like if <laughs> I a question in my, in my mind, I'm, you know, I, I grew up before Google was a thing, you know, for a good part, part of my life. So, um, you know, I, I ask like a lot of Google questions now, but um, no, I, I, like I don't have any shame in that. Whereas right. before, you know, I used to think, you know, I had to know it all. I had to do, I had to be able to do everything. I had to know everything, you know, I, and I, and you know, I don't, I don't feel that way now. Like I'm, I'm super grateful um, because, you know, I have a lot to give to, and I yeah. know there's people that I have a lot to give to. And I know that those people will give a lot to me too, you know, and, and it, it, it really kind of makes the world go around, right? Like, Absolutely. I, don't, I don't see how, you know, that's not a, a longstanding mentality in business that, um, that you, you don't need other people. That, that's a very lonely life. Right. And I think especially if you're going to invest in different states. Oh, yeah. You've got <laughs> to rely on other people. You've got to meet them and ask 100 trillion questions about really, their market. You've got to really form a good relationship with, you know, whoever you have in, in, in other markets. Um, you know, I mean, we have, we not even just other markets that we work in, you know, we have private money investors that we work with that, you know, are in other states and, and it, it's, it's just relationships are so important, uh, you know, no matter in every aspect of our business, everything that we do, everything that I do outside of business, you know, knowing um, how to communicate and have a good relationship and build a good relationship and be you know, open and vulnerable and, and real with people and, and build something with them. That is the most important thing that you can do in business. Um, I mean, a lot of people will sit there and say, take action, you know, taking action is, 
insanely important. You know, there's probably 500 things that I can name that are the most important thing in business, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it really is it's relationships. I mean, it, it, it makes everything we've been able to expand a ton in our business just because of strategic partnerships. Um, you know, we've been able to do things where otherwise, you know, it would have taken us a lot longer to just do them by ourselves from Fort Worth, Texas, which that, you know, I will make that correction because here in Dallas, Fort Worth, you know, Fort Worth and Dallas are totally different places. And so I'm definitely from Fort Worth. <laughs> Worth. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. Um, no, no, no. Don't be. Most people would never differentiate for, between that unless they're from here. But all, everybody from here would be like, "Oh, you said you were from Dallas, huh?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're yeah. bringing up you're bringing up a great point about building relationships. I think there's books on it. I mean, there's there's literally podcasts that are dedicated to to this topic. And you know, I'm curious. So. I want to get a little more specific around this because I think some people are naturally good at this. I think they just, they don't think about it. They just know what to do. It's in their blood, right? It's in their personality. It's in their behavior, right? We can go down that path. But, you know, in terms of investing in multiple markets, right? You are in different states, even in Hawaii, which I love. We got to get some work going on in Hawaii. So I work for free there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Your boots on the ground. Oh, yes. (laughs) So walk me through, walk me through the first, like, out of your kind of local market deal that you did. Was it a rental market? Was it a rental deal? Was it a flip? What kind of deal was it? And then beyond what kind of deal it was, what type of relationships did you have in place to kind of make it work? And, and, and just, I'm curious to just get a little more into that because I, I, think, so I think that's a, a big area that we all want to get to. There's markets we all want to like get into. And then I, for me personally, I'm like, ooh, we don't have a team there yet, you know? And then I'm right. like, okay, we can't invest there. So you clearly move beyond that and you're doing it really well. So what, what did you do? What was that first market that you got into that was outside your area? And then also like just walk us through that process and the kind of relationships you had to have in place okay. to make it um, work. Yeah, absolutely. So um, as I mentioned earlier, I don't think we were recording yet. Texas is a really big state. So um, for us, um, it was a matter of, well, why aren't we utilizing all of the major Texas markets, you know, um, we have, you know, Austin, San Antonio, Houston, Dallas, Fort Worth area. I mean, those are all huge markets, um, huge cities. And so you have a lot of outlying, you know, places and places in between. Um, so it was like just a matter of, okay, most of them are like about four, between four and five hour, four and five hour drive, you know, which actually is not, it's not that bad. Um, and so for us, we decided to structure it as thus being that we wholesale, we have rental properties, we fix and flip, we, you know, are now getting into multifamily and all these other things. Um, you know, we have a digital marketing company. We have, we, we're madness. We, we, we want to do it all. Um, but, um, we, uh, decided to test the market by, wholesaling. So we did, we went out of our area first um, to test the market through wholesaling. Hmm. So how we did this is fortunately for us, it was possible to test this, you know, um, this theory, I guess, if you will, or, or, or doing this out 
by um, reaching out to contacts that we had in these other markets because it, it's a little bit more plausible than say us going to Arizona. You know, we don't have different laws, but they're completely separate markets that are, mm. that are big enough to sustain it. We have the exact same laws. So a lot of people, you know, they, they will network with a lot of other people out of these other cities. So for us, setting up a team was not hard, you know, for us to wholesale, you know, we, we have always taken it a step further. It goes back to that GC mindset. Like I want to have an accurate rehab bid. So we just made relationships with really good contractors there. Um, we made relationships with really good agents there um, so that we would know, you know, Hey, I need to, we would talk to, sorry, I just got off track, but we would, we would, they would know the market. They would know, Hey, this neighborhood, this is different across the street or two blocks away or whatever. Um, and that they would be able to, you know, have access for us um, and set up that access. And so we, we created the, just like we would in Dallas, Fort Worth, we created the ability for everybody to win out of it. You know, the contractors get the jobs, the agents get the listings, you know, they, they love working with us for this reason or that reason. And, um, you know, a lot of people say that kind of stuff, but we actually power through and we let them know, like, you're on our team. Like, we will, we will do everything that we can in our power to make sure that, you know, this goes through. And so we were fortunate to have, you know, a nationwide buyers list. So it was not difficult for us as long as we made sure that the numbers were accurate um, as far as the ARV went and the contractor's bid went, it was not a problem for us to sell either. Um, you know, we would talk to different people as well. So our title company was able to do work out of all those markets as well, you know, send a notary. So title is super important for us. Mm -hmm. Our escrow officer is amazing. And, you know, um, and so she could close those deals for us. So that wasn't a factor. And then um, we were able to... Um, you know, just talk to different, uh, you know, other people in the markets, you know, be, be it an attorney or uh, other wholesalers or fix and flippers or that, that were local to those markets or hard money lenders, hard money lenders. We've got a really great hard money lender that, you know, will do all the major Texas markets. So they know, you know, so we, again, by connecting with other people and building that relationship is really how we were able to test that theory where we didn't have to have like a fully functioning team. Like we had our home base and we could do all of the components virtually. We could do virtual wholesaling because we had this and all that did was give us our start to just replicate it and move into where we're virtually flipping. We're not just virtually wholesaling, we're virtually flipping. And then we would just kind of replicate that and figure out, you know, how are the laws different? We still need to make the same relationships in any other state. Um, Hawaii is a little bit different. Um, so we're very fortunate in Hawaii um, because um, I mentioned a while ago that um, we started consulting and it, it was uh, with RJ's uh, childhood best friends um, uh, company that we were doing that work and we, we very soon thereafter started our own contracting business. Um, well, you know, he and his family after a couple of years um, moved there, they moved to Hawaii. So he is, um, you know, he is in contracting himself in Hawaii. Um, you know, he's not doing consulting anymore. We, we, we weren't doing consulting anymore. They moved to Hawaii and he opened his, 
his roofing company there. There was a lot of opportunity for him. He's, he's killed it over there. And, you know, the whole time, the whole way, he's like, oh, I love what you guys are doing. I love what you guys are doing. And he and RJ just, you know, they start getting in there and their wheels are turning. And he's like, we got to open. We got to open. We got to open up. You got to teach me. And we've got to open up in Hawaii. And, and you know, after a while, long story short, we, we did. And it's been incredible because, you know, his his business mind is, is so, 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 so strong. He has the ability to do the contracting work. And so... It, we are able to keep so much of it in-house in that market. Um, and, he, and he's absolutely wonderful and brilliant. So, you know, Hawaii, we're extra lucky because it is all in-house there. Whereas, you know, in some of these other markets where we may virtually flip or virtually wholesale, uh, you know, it's not going to be all in-house, but through, through relationships. But no matter what it is, we're able to do all of the things across the, all the places because of good relationships. So Wow. Um, in, in Hawaii, what type of property you guys have there? Rentals um, or both? We fix both? and flip in. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's a newer uh, company, um, but it is. We do have um, fix and flips going on, and we have a handful of rentals. In fact, we closed on one. So I don't know how long you guys wait to actually post this podcast, but <laughs> there is a volcano erupting in Hawaii. I don't know if you know that. Yes. And we bought, uh, that, that happened, I think, Friday, and we closed on a house on Volcano Road five miles away on Friday. So we're having a little bit of a panic attack on Friday. <laughs> 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 so we're like, um, we just closed on a house like right there on the big island today. And so we're like, wow. oh, Oh, fingers crossed. No, it's, it's doing, it's doing good. We're five miles away and we're not in the, in the line of the flow so far. Oh, so that's good. We're just going to keep praying about it though. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Yeah, you know, for the, I love the term virtual flipping um, and, and virtual ha- wholesaling mm-hmm. for the, for the listener, for the woman that's listening that has done local flipping and they've, they've had success with it, right? They, they, you know, it's been within a, less than an hour away, right? They've, they've either had a GC, they've done it themselves, they've contracted it themselves, they've had success with flipping locally. What is their first relationship if they want to start, or what's their first step if they want to start getting, you know, expanding their local, you know, beyond their local market? What do you think might be their, their first step or their first relationship that they want to get in order, they want to secure to start moving in that direction? What would you say? Um, I, I would say there's a couple different ways to answer that. So I'll try to answer it both ways in a short uh, amount of time. But I would say that it's really going to depend on, um, it's going to be catered to their personality, honestly. It's going to be catered to how they have their business structured. Um, see, it looks like for us, um, you know, for us, we immediately went to contractors. You know, we immediately went to realtors. Those are me, our first two steps. Um, but for somebody else, it, it might be, um, it depends on how they get their deals. You know, are they dropping, you know, how are they doing their marketing? How are they acquiring the property? Um, so I would say the most, the most important thing is, you know, cater to the most prioritize, like what is the biggest priority in your business? You know, is it an acquisitions person? Like maybe you need to, maybe that's what's best for your business. Maybe you really need to, you know, post a job listing you know, for an acquisitions person, you know, like it, it's just really how your business is structured. Um, for us, 
we were able to do acquisitions virtually, you know, from our home base. So that was not a problem for us. Um, but, you know, you've got to have somebody to go on an appointment, right? So in order to do it, if you, you can't be there all the time, yeah, you got to be, be willing to travel. I mean, the traveling's the fun part for me. Um, but, you know, uh, you can't be at every appointment. Um, so are you really good at closing? Who closes your deals? You know, who is your acquisitions person? Are you really good at closing a deal on the phone? I'm not. I am not good at that. RJ's yeah. really good at it. I'm not good at it. I don't, I'm, I'm a face-to-face kind of gal. Um, and yeah, so, love, go ahead. I love, I was just saying, I love what you're saying. And I, I think that for, for, for folks listening to this and that, that are having success locally, assess what you're doing today. I love yeah. that, what you're saying and assess like your process today and yep. how are you getting your deals and who's closing them and that your, your questions are great, Cassie, because in essence, you're developing your, um, success kind of map, right? And if you've Absolutely. had success locally, what does that look like? Yep. You know, really analyze it and then, and that will propel you to figure out what pieces you're bringing to the table or be missing from. Yeah. from I really, I love that approach because so many times we just jump into something versus really assessing and analyzing what's working. Right. And maybe what's not working. Right. So. Right. right. Maybe there is no process and that's what it needs to be in place where you are at in order for you to scale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we have like our, like, you know, I look at the, uh, some of my colleagues' businesses and I'm like, you know, there's sometimes like we're just so hard on ourselves. So like we're, we're constantly so hard on ourselves and, um, and I'll look at their business. I'm like, man, they're really good at that. You know, like, why aren't we that good at that? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> why aren't we better at that? And it's like, you know, every, it's just like everything else. You know, you have your strengths and your weaknesses. You have things you've got to work on. And I think such a huge part of our success is being able to identify those things. And I think that it's also like, because we are adamant on, you know, powering through them and implementing solutions in our business for those reasons, you know? And so like, that's why, you know, hopping back to that going virtual for us was simple because we were just replicating what we do. We're just going to replicate what we do. The first thing that we've got to do to replicate what we do is our map, you know, was wholesaler, you know, we have to, um, wholesale there. So what do we do that's, that's unique that, that our clients love as, as for wholesaling, you know, and you just, you break it down. It's just, it's very, you just break down what you need to do, your success map, write down your seven goals, whatever it is. And you say, okay, this is what I want to do. This is my goal. And this is, this is how I'm going to achieve it. Cause this is how I achieved it over here. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to add this in because this is where I want to be more successful. Um, you know, whatever it may be, I have, I have, we all have access to, you know, the same back office systems, the same CRMs or the same, you know, management softwares or, you know, da, 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 da. it's just, how are you going to coach your people and train your people and, and your team? And you don't have to have all of it in place, you know, all at once in order to start, you know, it took us a long time to actually get Hawaii rolling off the ground a good, before we really started doing it, you know, as at a higher level, um, I mean, we we slow rolled that for like a year and a half, you know, just like one little do 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 one step, one little tiny step at a yeah. time because that's what worked for us. You know, Elijah had his own business, RJ and I were over here in the mainland just doing our thing, you know, plugging away. You know, just because it, everything's not in place overnight doesn't mean that you you know you can't take those steps and and work that map out. You know, so that's what I would say. Just 
you know, cater to you, cater to what works for you and, and, and know, you know, what you're successful at and start there, take action there. You know, you can adjust later. You're always going to adjust. We always have to be able to adjust. <laughs> so, totally. Yeah. So shifting gears, um, we always talk about wearing different hats and so do I. <laughs> getting together uh, and balancing it all. So for you, how does that look like? Um, well, I would say being, being a virtually, I mean, being a versatile person, virtual, I said virtual too many times, being a very versatile <laughs> person, um, it, I love it. So th that's the, that's the first factor. Like if you don't, if you don't like love the aspect, then you've got to make sure you are laser focused on the thing that you love, you know? Um, so balancing it is fun for me, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, but yeah, there are times where I feel like, Ooh, you know, I'm out of, I'm out of balance. And, um, you know, so, so what it looks like for me in, in handling all of that is, it just boils down to priorities. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. Um, I'm very fortunate. I have the best business partner on the planet. Sorry, ladies. <laughs> but I, I really do. I, he is, man, he's, he's a freight train. Like he is the, he's the best. So um, I have some built-in balance there. You know, he balances me out in so many ways in business. Um, and, you know, like we were able to, to play off of that balance when something gets out of whack for, you know, us as individuals. And so that's really important. And then, you know, it's, it's just about prioritizing. It's like knowing, knowing what you need, knowing what your needs are, making sure that you take the time to prioritize what you need to do in any given business day and making sure that you take the time to, you know, uh, work out how, how you're going to map it out. How are you going to do it? Um, and what you can't, cause we'll never be able to get it all done. You'll never not have a to-do list, you know? So like, I'm, I'm like the to-do yes. list queen, it used to drive RJ crazy. Um, but I also just, like, I lean on, on my team. I lean on other people and, you know, being able to, I've always been the kind of person, hey, this was a challenge for me. I'm not, it was no easy feat getting here. It was a challenge for me because I was very much going back to that, you know, Rosie the Riveter kind of mentality. Um, I, 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 I have a hard time asking for help. I really do. Um, and my cousin got me this little plaque that says, I'm not bossy, I'm just the boss. And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm not even like, I'm not even a bossy person at heart, but because I have a hard time asking for help, sometimes I come across as bossy because I'm like, <laughs> I need to do this. Like, it's, it's not like, will you please? And I'm just so bad about it. Like, I don't like asking for help. I always want to, you know, I don't like troubling people or whatever. So, um, you know, I've just grown through that, you know, and that's what helps keep me balanced. You know, my, my partner, my team, um, and prioritizing it, it's so important. It's so important in keeping, keeping a balance. And, and then the fact that I just absolutely love what I do. I have huge passion for it. So Cassie, what's next on the horizon for you guys? I know you're up to some really neat stuff that you and I, you know, chatted with uh, on the phone. So what, what's, what's next for you, especially you and your, your partner, you've been involved with so many different aspects of real estate investing, which <laughs> I think really, which is really, um, you know, really important to, to note because you have experience in so many different things. So what, what's, you know, what's up, what's coming up for you guys in terms of your focus? So what's really, um, 
I mean, we, I can say, you know, we're right now, we're, we are preparing our business in a way so that we are able to, for everybody underneath us to scale up to where, you know, we are in the different aspects of the business and we're able to put more time and focus into, um, you know, the following things. Uh, for example, we started our own nonprofit, um, Beat Kids Cancer. That is really important to us. Um, wonderful. And in the distant future, um, charity work is going to be, you know, half of my retirement because I'll never be able to retire. So charity, charity work um, is really important to both of us. Our, our nonprofit is huge for us. And y'all can, y'all can go at some point in time and, and look at the, the reasons behind that and the story behind that. Um, the other thing for us is multifamily is, is in the very, very, very near future for, uh, as far as being a huge focus for us. Um, we also are doing some mentoring coaching. So I will, I will categorize that, um, as education. Um, you know, we're not prepared to roll anything out. Um, but we'll just kind of lump some that into a category of uh, education. Um, and the, the last thing is um, we are, as we spoke about, Liz, um, mastermind events, things like that, uh, really creating something networking-wise that we believe in as much as we believe in everything else that we do um, is super important. And, and that is challenging in Dallas-Fort Worth in a way because there's <laughs> – so many options here. Um, and there's a couple of people that do it really, 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 really well. But, you know, we've asked ourselves and challenged ourselves to create something, um, you know, that we would want, you know, in the beginning and doing, you know, we're involved in some of these groups. They're incredible. And it's not to take anything away from them. We've got some incredible people here. But, uh, you know, there's, there's other value that I, you know, I don't see out there. I don't, things I don't see people doing that are really important to me, you know, um, as we discussed, you know, I, I want to have, you know, a woman's, you know, only kind of meetup group. I wouldn't even call it a mastermind almost. Um, I really, 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 really think that it is, you know, vital to take the opportunity to connect with other high level women because, I just don't see a lot of connection. And when you get into like these large groups um, or if there's just like a lot of, you know, other, uh, if there's a lot of men involved, it's just, a, it's, it's not that that's bad. I, I have so many men that I, I respect and I look up to and that just inspire me every day. My business partner is one of them, you know, he inspires me every day and I, and I cherish that. Um, but I think it's just such a different dynamic when you do get mm -hmm. in a group of women and, you know, different walls come down and, you know, you're able to be vulnerable in a different way that is, I think, valuable. And I don't see a lot of that. And so that's important to me, you know. Um, and, you know, like I was saying, I love the charity work. You know, I've been talking about like for a year now since last summer, I was like, you know, next summer, um, you know, I'm going to have an intern in you know, she's going to be going off to college after, after she, you know, is with me. And I'm like, what do I want to do with that? And, you know, like, I just want to create, 
I didn't have um, a lot of women outside of my family um, and my church that, and this is not to take any credit away from the women in my family and my church mm-hmm. growing up, but I, I didn't have anyone like me. And that sounds really egotistical. You know, my, the women in my family have always encouraged me to be strong and independent and I can do anything, right? Mm-hmm. It's not to take away from them. Um, yeah. You know, my mom was like almost obsessed with making sure I was able to create a life for myself that, you know, um, was incredible and everything that I wanted. But um, everybody that I dealt with, you know, they were not of an entrepreneurial mindset. They were a very, um, I don't know the best way to say this. They were very um, typical mindset. You go to school, you go and you do this. And, and there's just so much more out there when you, when you get into the, into the real world. And then I, then you look around my world and it's really, you know, I'm able to, identify, and it's not for everybody, but I'm able to identify with these other high level women, you know, be it in real estate investing or otherwise that, you know, really see, you know, the world and, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't have anybody encouraging me of those things really, or how to, or that I could say, well, I'm going to look and see how did they create this, this for themselves? Or, you know, how did they create that? And, you know, I had, I had very respectable women in my life and, you know, I just really want to create something like that, whether it's like a summer workshop for like teenage girls, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever it might be. I think that, it's just so important for us as women to put that out there. You know, we don't have to fit into a box that, that uh, people make for us, you know, like, and I I think, you know, timeline wise, um, I was just reading this thing about Jane Adams, you know, and that was the thing for her. Like um, it was, she made that connection to where like, um, before you know women's rights came along she was she was able to connect the pieces like well this is what women do in the home versus mm-hmm. um this is what women should be doing in government and society and and um you know like i think you know that wasn't that long ago that was in like right. the 30s i think the 30s i think and, and like that wasn't that long ago timeline wise and it's not to say you know like obviously we're not oppressed it's 2018 but you know i don't know I, at least I've never experienced, in my opinion, enough of, a, you know, a network of, you know, just powerful high level women in everyday life, you know, because that's what I look for. You know, I can look on, you know, inspirational, I can look at inspiring stories or inspiring women across the board, you know, throughout history and, you know, but where is that inspiration in everyday life, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'd like to have a venue for that. That would be, that would be incredible. Yeah. I love that Cassie. And, and you were, I feel like you were in our conversation earlier. This today, right? <laughs> were you there? I know. I feel, like you were, uh, I, seriously, I feel like you were like sitting right next to me and talking to us. Cause I, I you know, I didn't, uh, I, I mean, I love, I love the focuses you have and, and uh, you know, we'll be talking a lot more about all the things we're doing here with the investor community. Cause I think you could add great, a great, be a great resource. And as, as we kind of develop all that, but um, 
you know, in terms of your, um, where people can learn more about what you're up to. I mean, obviously you got some great uh, things you're offering in terms of mentoring and coaching and you know, you know, you're doing well in this business when people start to say, what, what do you, you know, they come to you for that, you know, and I think that's such a great sign that you're up to some great things. So yeah, it's such um, a compliment, right? Yeah, it's a huge compliment. I'm honored. Like I, I, I hope that I can help you in some way. <laughs> yeah. So where, where can people learn more about, you know, the, the things you're up to Cassie and all the, Oh, oh my goodness! We have so many uh, with so many websites. What's the what's the main one? <laughs> Just Google Titanium anything. Um, so Facebook is is really um, is a good a good networking um, tool for us. Um, it's probably the best way to reach us if you're not going to email us or reach out to us directly by phone. But you can also reach out to us directly on Facebook. So uh, Titanium Investments, Titanium Realty, Titanium Investments of Hawaii, Beat Cakes Cancer. Well, we got all kinds of stuff on there. So, awesome. uh, you know, they can, they can see more of what we're up to. You know, they can see our various websites there, you know, or Instagram or Twitter or, you know, individual contact information. So Facebook's probably the easiest way to reach out to us, Titanium Investments. So. Awesome. All of those will be under our show notes. So you guys can go there and all the links, all the good stuff is going to be there for you guys. Um, now we're going to our fabulous three questions. Cassie, are you ready? Yes. Let's we get it. The music like. So the first one will be, what's the most transformational book you have ever read? Okay, this is so hard for me because I love to read. So um, I'm going to go with one that, that just uh, I am actually currently reading. And mm -hmm. I think that it is, uh, it's so good because it's so simple and it's like a healthy reminder. Um, it's called uh, Eat That Frog uh, by Brian Tracy, I think is, how, is his last name. And it, it's basically just uh, about... Uh, setting yourself up at the beginning of every day setting yourself up at the beginning of every day and i know that like that's just such a simple thing but like that goes back to like that's what makes the machine go like that's the water in the wheel you know like that is totally. that is it's everything you know having you know everybody can say like i said there's like 500 things i could probably say are the most important things but uh that that's it's a great book but you know, I could also say the Harry Potter series because I just love it so much. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> like so, but no, I, I like that book and I think it plays into, you know, what you, what you guys are doing and what you're, you know, what you're centered around. I think it's uh, super important to balance and, you know, is that book. So I'm awesome. Not with it, but it's, it's good, good content for sure. Great. Awesome. The second question is, what's the most powerful routine you do to create a financially free and balanced life? Uh, creating passive income, um, creating passive income, just constantly being open to those uh, opportunities um, and strategically partnering with people whenever we can and to create additional forms of passive income. If you listen to it, um, I mean, I guess it's not necessarily a routine. It's just like an action that we take. Mm -hmm. 
but I guess it's a routine. Other than that, man, I would say the podcast, like as a second answer to that, if that doesn't actually answer the question you asked, <laughs> podcast is routine. Like that's on, that's on schedule. That's on like, there's no deviating. It gets posted at the same time, man, that podcast is, has done, and I don't even do it. So that doesn't count either, I guess, but <laughs> sorry, I, 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 I do it from the background. I, I tell people I'm the producer. Exactly. <laughs> you were in it yeah but passive income man to me to create you know freedom and balance it's just it's just like a constant you know um a constant thing that we, that is at the forefront of our focus and um you know it's it's created the ability for us to do so many other things and and create a life that that we're striving but you know we never stop there's always a way to to get to get more get better and get you know get where we want to go and if it's not for us it's for somebody around us you know yes totally and the third and last question is which women famous or non has inspired you the most oh gosh like man this is so hard um i so I have like an old school answer and like a, a new school mm -hmm. answer. Oh, cool. <laughs> I can never just pick one. I'm so indecisive. <laughs> this is uh -huh. why I need to read that book every day. Um, <laughs> uh, I love Ellen. I know that that sounds so crazy, but I love Ellen. And that's because she just appeals to that humanitarian in me. She's so like, cause she's modern, you know, she's like living in this every day and she, I mean, I don't, I don't even get to watch her every day, but man, that woman, she is, she is actually just truly inspiring as a person. Like she's inspires you to just do, just be good and, and happy and love kind to each other. Stuff. Yes. Be kind to each other and love people and accept people and help people. And man, I love that. You know, like I love what she has done with her career. Um, and for the, like the same reason, like I mean, I could name off 25, not 25. I don't even think there's 25 women Nobel Peace Prize winners, you know, but there's, I find inspiration in so many things like Frida. I love, I love Frida, you know, like I think like her, her, what she did, you know, oh after my gosh, she had yes. an accident, it's so incredible. And like, but that's part of her story is inspiring to me. And then, I mean, like Mother Teresa, I mean, who doesn't love that? <laughs> who doesn't right. Love her? Who you, can't beat that. you can't beat that. But um, no, like I always just try to like, I, honestly, I just try to keep, you know, I try to be inspired by different, different people's stories and, and stuff like that. And there's like, there's a lot of good ones out there women wise, but I always try to be inspired by who I'm going to be tomorrow. Like that is like my truth. Like that is like the number one woman that I aspire to be inspired by because then I know I'm always on my tail, you know, like I'm always like right there pushing myself to achieve what I want to achieve in this life. So there's a, there's a lot of inspiring women. I can't just pick one. <laughs> That's cool. Cut out the ones that, that aren't, that aren't as a, that aren't just keep the best answer. <laughs> Cassie, that was wonderful. We really, um, you know, it's funny when you say about inspiring that when, when Andres and I were going back and forth about, you know, starting this podcast, we, we said, it, why we went with a podcast is that we wanted to be inspired and we wanted to inspire. Yes. That was literally the purpose yes. of us launching this podcast. Yes. And we said a podcast would do both. We'd get a chance yes. to interview some amazing, amazing women and mm -hmm. we'd be able to help other women. Like that's to us, that was the reason. So I love that yeah. you said that. It just reminded me of our kind of our purpose and why we're doing all of this. So, yes, I um, am. That's so what I love about it. Yeah. 
Yeah. And your, your story is amazing. I, I love that you started a nonprofit. You are up to some, you know, just wonderful things. So we're looking, do, looking forward to doing more with you. And um, I, I'm sure the women uh, listening got a ton from this. So thank you I for being so. on. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thanks for being on and being, uh, being real, authentic, and, and just really appreciate that. Thank you oh, so much for having me. And, and I, you know, I appreciate what you guys are doing so much. Like it's, it's incredible. I, I love it. And it's like you said, there's, there's so much value being given in what you do, but I love it too, because it keeps, keeps you sharp, you know? Yeah. Um, I, and then that's what we're all, we're all in this to, you know, yes. have that relationship. Right. Um, Absolutely. So I, I really appreciate y'all, y'all having me on and, um, you know, it's so hard to fit, you know, everything into a small, small interview, but, you know. I well, we can always meet in Hawaii. It's yes, not that is right. <laughs> or, you know, for the, your listeners, they can reach out. I'm always, I'm always open to, you know, answering any questions, you know, whether it be about wholesaling or virtual wholesaling or flipping or, you know, anything like that, feel free to reach out to us. We're, we're absolutely all about sharing. So. Awesome. Thank you so much, Cassie. Cassie. It was a pleasure. Thanks, Thanks again, for Cassie. Having you ladies. All right. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.